that phrase has been so instrumental for me in my journey. And so every time I feel myself in this space of frustration, like, why is somebody doing this? Why is nobody doing this? It's like, no, no, it doesn't matter what they're doing. Can, where are you being the change? And so that means like, what do you crave? Get real with yourself, write down, like write it down, put it in a journal, whatever that is. Like, what is it that you wish you could see more of? How can you be the person who gives... to the Empower From Within podcast presented to you by Trezal. I'm your host, Jessica West, founder of Trezal, creative entrepreneur and author. Every week on the show, I share an empowering message or interview an incredible individual to help you discover the limitless power you have within yourself to reach for your greatest desires and create the life that's truly worth living on your terms. Self-empowerment begins now. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. If you've listened to this podcast before, you have likely already heard me mention the importance of sharing your story, which is why today I'm so excited to present you to Marsha Vans Weinsberg. She's a storytelling business coach, speaker, best-selling author, and podcast host. She's a six-time best-selling author of the book, When She Stopped Asking Why. And in this book, she shares her lessons as a parent who dealt with teen substance abuse that tore her family apart. Marsha has been published seven times in collaborative books, including Owning Your Own Choices, which shares inspiring stories of courage from women around the world. Through her tools, NLP certification programs, coaching, and two podcasts, Marsha teaches the power of radical responsibility and owning your choices in your own life. Marsha empowers women to stand in their own stories, be conscious leaders, and build profitable businesses that create massive impact. During our conversation, Marsha really dove into how to let go of our shame stories, how to start being the change we want to see in the world, and build our impact stories while leaving everyone in integrity. I'm really so excited to dive back into this conversation with you. So without any further ado, please welcome Marsha Vans Weinberg. Hello, Marsha, and welcome to the Empower From Within podcast. I'm really excited to have you here today. I'm really looking forward to the conversation that we're going to have. We're really going to dive into owning your own story and being comfortable and sharing that. And you do that so much in your work, and I want to get into that. But before, can you tell us the background story? Can you share your story as to how you got to where you are today? Mm, thank you so much. First off, thank you so much for having me today, Jessica. I love having this conversation because I think it is something that a lot of people question about their own stories of saying like, is it big enough? Is it important enough? I wish I could do something with it, but it's not as big as somebody else's. So first off, everybody has a story. Like we all have multiple, multiple, multiple stories. And we've all learned so many lessons that could be someone else's survival guide. And when I first heard that quote many years ago, it stuck with me. It really stuck with me that what if my most difficult experience could be someone else's survival guide. And I learned the hard way by fumbling, messy action, all those things that that was the truth. And when I was in this cycle of learning this lesson, it really was about a decade ago that I was a parent dealing with teen substance abuse. And when you're dealing with a story like that, I'm going to call it a shame story. 
because it's usually our shame stories are the ones that we keep hidden and think that we are protecting ourselves when actually we're not protecting or blocking ourselves from what is available. And I lived in that space with that armor, right? That armor of protection for so long, because when you live in a shame story that is very public, you don't have to wonder what people are thinking about you. Like so many of us are stuck in this online space going, I wonder what people are thinking about me. And sometimes it's about people we don't even know. We didn't have to wonder. People had no problem stopping saying things to us um, because our story was very scary for a lot of people and it hit too close to home. I didn't see that at the time. I took it a lot as personal attacks, but it really took me time to understand that. So through the process of um, hiding and protecting myself, literally, you know, I wouldn't leave my house unless it was for groceries at night because I was hoping I wouldn't run into anybody. That's how much shame had swallowed me. And I was in my life, you know, meeting with counselors, meeting with crisis counselors, meeting with the school, still actively looking for solutions. I'm very much a solutions-based person. And through that process, finally having this almost perfect storm moment of recognizing that I can't control the things that are happening around me. I can't own somebody else's choices. I can't fix, manage, or control anyone else, but I can, you know, practice control within myself. I can work on myself. I can show up for myself. And I started to do that by sharing my story on small stages, small groups, parent groups, and it was really scary. I'm not going to lie. It was very, very scary. But I remember a very key turning point when I said to a counselor that I can't find anybody talking about these things. Like I, at this point, I think I'm the only person in the world who is having this problem, which is not true about our shame stories. There's hundreds of thousands of other people having the same thing. And I said, no one's talking about it. And she said, maybe that's because you're supposed to. And I remember thinking, that's crazy. And what if it is true? Like it had, a, it really was a light switch moment for me. What if it is true? So I start slowly started to share. And as I did that, I started to heal myself. Like I started to feel like, okay, this is actually healing to not carry this anymore, to not let it control me. And what was also happening is I was being fueled to keep going because there were so many people in every talk I gave would come up to me afterwards and say, that's my story. I haven't told a soul. That was 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. I've never told anybody. And I was blown away by the number of people who were living in these shame stories. And over time, as I continued to share and then write and then publish, I finally connected the dots and could hear almost this moment with the universe that's like, okay, I get it now. People were asking, but how do you share it? Like, how do you share the difficult story? And that's led me to do the work that I'm doing today. Okay. Wow. That that's powerful. You know, and I, I I could relate to people don't want to share those vulnerable parts and the things that they feel shame about, but we're all kind of experiencing the same thing and maybe not in the same like physical experience, all of that, but inside we all know what shame feels like. We all know what self-doubt feels like. Right. And if we can share that, I think people could really connect on that level, even if the outside circumstance looks different. Um, so that's, that's amazing that you started sharing that. Um, I want to circle back because you had said something like, what was the point when you started to realize that you had the choice 
to direct your life and that, you know, you couldn't control how people would interpret your own story? Like, what was that kind of aha moment for you? Well, first off, that's a, that's a really deep and good question. And I'm just going to say there's a little bit of a trigger warning to this one because I do want people to know that unfortunately we have to hit our lows before we decide to make change, right? We have to hit a really low point. And there was a point in my story that I remember feeling and thinking that I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to watch this. I don't want to see it. Um, my fears were losing my kids and I just felt like I had failed so badly on so many levels that I didn't want to be here. And there was a turning point where we almost lost them both about four days apart and both things happened in our own home. And if you're a parent or you are experiencing some level of addiction, substance abuse, you do everything you can to try and control it. And in this space, I had this real deep aha moment of, I I can't control this. Like I've actually done everything that I can possibly do. And the things I was most afraid of literally are happening right here because it's not mine to own or control. And I remember a counselor saying to me, you know, you are in this space right now wanting to fix, manage, and control everyone else, but you have nothing left for yourself. Like you have nothing. And if they come back to you and they want and need your support as a parent, you have nothing to give them. You are like completely shallow, like almost an empty grave. And I just sat there and that might sound harsh to some people, but I needed to hear that because I was like, she's right. Like I, I couldn't even... I can't manage anything if, if anything happens. So that was a, that was a turning point of saying, I have to find a way to get better, to handle the situation I had, because the one thing I want to clarify that is different. And again, not a comparison way, but just as different is my kids were minors. So we had to live in it. Like I couldn't do anything about what was happening here in this space, you know, they weren't a spouse that I could ask to leave. They were, they were minors. So I had to find a way to get better because, or else it was actually the only way I was going to survive. And so that just meant like layering habits over like years. It took a long time to start to build some of that strength, but it was like, how can I start to own what my choices are and take responsibility for my choices? Because that made me a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger. And the flip of that is, is that when I stopped taking ownership for everyone else's choices, that meant they had to. And as humans, the only way we make a change is when there's a consequence to our decisions. I I don't care who you are. It does not matter who you are. We, it's a consequence of our decisions that require us to make a different change or not. Right. And those are the turning points. So hitting those low points really allowed me to create change, which slowly allowed other change to happen around me at the same time. So you do have to, sadly, you do have to hit lows before you have this, the climb up the stairs again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. As you were speaking, I kept thinking of, you know, the, the common saying, like filling your cup first, because Mm. you do have to take care of yourself to be of the benefit to others, right? Even if it's difficult in those times, because, uh, and I think when we show up as ourselves, as Mm -hmm. the best that we can be, then others can see that too. And maybe it empowers them to make the the right choices in their lives. 
Well, and I, and I love that you said that because I think that we empower people by being the change, not by telling them to be the change. Um, and I still wear that on my wrist. I've worn it on my wrist for eight years. It's like, be the change. So every time I get frustrated, I'm like, wait, are you actually trying to be the change or are you like talking about it? And it's like, no, 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 be the change. And I love that you said the cup and the saucer. And if, if it's okay with you, if I want to share one little thing, because this was a real shift for me mentally is I saw Lisa Nichols speak live. And if you ever have the opportunity to, or even tune into her work, her work is fantastic. But she talked about the cup and the saucer and we all hear about filling our cup, but there was something she said that hit me. I've never forgot it to this day is if you imagine a cup and a saucer, when you fill your cup to overflow, the overflow goes to the saucer. The overflow is what you feed others with. So the challenge is, is, is that that cup to fill that cup is your responsibility because it is your cup. It's not anyone else's cup. And that means you have to fill it to overflow in order to have something to fill and feed others with. And that was the eye opener for me because A, there was no overflow in my cup. My cup was bone dry. B, I was mad because my cup was dry and I wanted somebody else to fix it, fill it, change it. No one was coming. And C, that cup starts over every single day like every single day. It's not like you can fill to overflow and do a like kick time of like you fill it. You're doing so great in your self-care. Tomorrow's a brand new day. It's a brand new day. So those habits are something you have to do every single day. And that work has stayed with me for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I love that. I That's the first time that I heard that. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing the cup and the saucer. That's amazing. And it, and it stresses a point that I talk about too. Like we're never going to get to a point where we're finished and we don't need to do the work anymore. So it is like every day it resets and here we go again. And so I love that refill that cup to overflow every single day. Mm -hmm. And then the energy like propels to others in that overflow. That's, I love that. It's a, it's a, it's a powerful concept when you see it. And I also like, I mean, if you have moms who are listening or people who have a lot of responsibilities, that doesn't mean you need four hours of self-care every day that are like, get used to sometimes it can be a 15 minute walk. It can be a, you know, time to sit down and have a tea. Your things that fill your cup are unique to you. Like they're like, you can see the suggestions from everyone else, but it's really important that you do what lights your soul, not what you think you're supposed to do. Well, exactly. And be intentional with it. I think like, don't Mm -hmm. do the four hour meditation. If you're not really in the zone and not really feeling it, then it's pointless. But if you can do something for like affirmations for five minutes and you can get like really full, then Mm -hmm. that's great. You know, tailor it to, to you. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you brought up the concept of, um, be the change. You have to be the change first. And that can be very difficult when someone wants to see the change, but it's not there. So how, like, what advice do you give to people to take that first step to be the change that you want to see in the world? Mm. I love this question. And this word, like that phrase has been so instrumental for me in my journey. And so every time I feel myself in this space of frustration, Like, why is somebody doing this? Why is nobody doing this? It's like, no, no, it doesn't matter what they're doing. Can, where are you being the change? And so that means like, what do you crave? Get real with yourself, write down, like write it down, put it in a journal, whatever that is. 
Like, what is it that you wish you could see more of? How can you be the person who gives in kindness, not because you are waiting and you're like, it's supposed to come back around. That's not being the change. How can you be the change and be, you know, the person that you wish you had in your life? And I think that's, it sounds selfish. It's not Um, because our story became so isolating. And so I was very much alone and, and, and I understand that was a bit of self-preservation. I found myself in a space going like, I don't have anyone else. I don't. And I didn't, I didn't really have a lot of other people. And when people look at me now, I'm always in a space where I'm like surrounded by other women. I, I like, I, but I built that because I allowed myself to be in that space. So when I didn't have anything that I wanted, That was the point where it's like, how can I be that change? And what I mean by that is where could, you know, I'd be sitting in a space of like, why can't somebody do something kind for me today? It sounds awful. I'm just being so honest with you. And it's like, well, where can you go out and do that for somebody else without an expectation? How can you like make eye contact with somebody and say something kind? How can you give in the way that you would love to see more of? Because whatever we put out, we get back, it reflects, right? And it, it's not like a one-to-one and I do it today and I get it tomorrow. It's a it's a space of being that change. And selfishly, another way that this started to put into practice was that I kept, I, there comes a point when you're dealing with a story like this, that I knew I was not going to be the, the reason that my kids created change. Like it wasn't going to be because of something I said or did because I'd said and done everything I could think of. I kept praying that someone was going to cross their path. That right person was going to cross their path and be that source of inspiration that they would share the story and that they would, you know, it would give them light of what was possible. And then I had that moment. I'm like, well, who are you to sit here hoping somebody else does that if you won't do that? Like, what if you could actually be that change for that mom who was out there trying to figure out what she did wrong? What if like, and that's actually what started the whole process. And it was like, no, that's what I, that's what I choose to be. So even I would say at probably once a day, I have a check with myself. Something happens. I can hear myself reacting. I can hear myself saying something. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not being the change that you want to be in the world. Like be that change. Mm-hmm. Does that help? Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And and that's yeah. powerful. And, and I think I, you know, when you were saying, you know, what we put out in the universe, we're going to get back. But I, I was thinking too, that being the change and taking those actions, it makes you feel good in the moment too. Right. I was thinking like when, you know, if you're having a miserable day and you're, you're walking outside, but then you smile and you wave hi to someone like in that split moment, you feel good smiling and waving hi. And so you're getting that direct benefit right away also. And so, um, you know, it's about doing what makes you feel good too. And I think you're, you get that instant kind of reward and, and then the experiences are going to continue to get better, but it starts from there too. That's, I love that you said that. And that's such a great point because we're also, that's shifting our thinking outside of ourselves, right? I actually think that's one of the only ways we're going to create changes to like do the work here, but stop thinking about ourselves so much and think like, how can we create that change out there, which indirectly continues to change us as people, right? It's always, so you're right. Like there are times where it's like, if I'm having, there were times that I was having super low days and really struggling to, um, 
just pull myself through. And those would be the days I would send a, a gratitude message to somebody indirectly. Thank you so much for inspiring me with your, I didn't have to know them. I just send it to them. And it's like, send it, bless and release. Like they don't have to respond. I just want them to know that their message is making a difference. I would send it to podcasts, to podcasters and say, thank you so much for sharing that. I so appreciate you and your message. It's helping me through a difficult time. So like even little things like that really start to add up. And then you know what happens is sometimes that person will open up that message when they're having a low day. And they're like, oh my God, you have no idea how much of a difference that made for me. So I just think it's really important that we can all be that change and make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that ripple effect, right? If you send Mm -hmm. that out and that person reads it, maybe they need that. And then they're in a better mood for the next person. And then on and on it goes. It's really so beautiful. Yes, I want to do kind of full circle. We kind of did a circle here, but (laughs) I want to go back to how can people start sharing their story. That was something that you brought up right at the beginning. (laughs) Mm. And I love this question. And the very first thing that I'm going to say is, is that I encourage anybody to not share it. If you are still stuck in a victim mindset, if you are angry, resentful in comparison in a victim mindset, that is not the time to share the story. Because as we just go back to what you said earlier, what you put out will come back. I have met people who have been in a space of saying like, I want to do something good with my story. Yet when they come out and they speak, they're all in like almost this angry, justify, I have to tell you every single thing that happened so that, you know, I didn't screw up. That's not the time to share. So you want to be in a space where it's like, you can start to recognize that what has happened to you has made you who you are. I, and I, this is just my own opinion. If you have somebody who is in a challenging situation like I was or a loss of somebody, please do not tell them that this is happening for them because that is a really like it's you might mean well, it's a really hard thing to hear when you're in the middle of absolute chaos. It really is. Um, And you can start to see that you wouldn't be the person that you were today. You are today without those challenges. Like that's where it starts to shift, right? It's like, okay, I don't want to hold on to victim mindset. Victim mindset is when we are in a space of like asking why, sitting and going like, why is this happening to me? When is this going to change? Thinking all change is going to come from external first. It doesn't. And so that's, that's the space you want to learn how to shift out of. Some people, it's a very quick change. When you share it and tell them, they're like, oh my God, I didn't realize that I was doing that. Some people will never let go of that space because that's their identity. That's their identity. And that's fine. That's can't help that. But learning how to shift from victim mindset is the very first thing that you want to do. And then start to get clear on what are some of the lessons you learned on your journey that you could share with someone else? Who would you like to help? Who would you like to make a difference with? Who would you like to make an impact with? And being able to speak about your story from your perspective. And I think this goes into the third piece I would say is where you please don't ever share a story without leaving everyone in integrity because that's not vulnerability, right? That's not vulnerability. Vulnerability is all about us as personally, that's us sharing our experience, but it's not about if you can't do it and leave people in integrity, then don't do it. So if you even hear what I've shared, it will connect with somebody, but did I share a lot of details? No, 
I shared my experiences and what I went through. And that's what I think is really important when it comes to sharing the story is sharing the challenges that we're going through personally. The other parts of the story, they're simply not my story to share. They're just not my story to share. And it's really important that we respect that everyone else has, yes, everyone else has a part of the story, but that's not the story that is necessary to share. Mm -hmm. I like that you're bringing that up because I feel like, you know, leaving everyone integrity, it kind of ties well with the victimhood because I feel like if you're going to leave everyone in integrity, you're going to blame anyone, you know, then you're still being the victim. And one of the things that I really love to to constantly remind myself is that everyone is doing the best that they can with the Mm -hmm. knowledge that they have. And when you recognize that it's really hard to put blame on anybody uh, because everyone is just doing the best that they can. Like, I don't really believe that there is a person that exists that would really intentionally want to harm someone or, you know, negatively affect their experience in some way. Like no one would ever want to do that. And so they're just doing what they can with the information that they have. And that's um, really powerful. Like, honestly, that's a really powerful um, lesson for everybody to embody because I really believe that too. And I also tie that to say, like, we never know someone's story. You might think, you know, someone's story. You might think you know what they've experienced and what they've gone through. I promise you, you never do. You never do. So look at it sometimes when even we go back and tie it back to what you said before, when you show someone else kindness, you might be doing it on the worst day, the worst moment of their life. Like you literally have no idea. They might be so good at putting that smile out and faking it. And you have no idea that you are actually doing it on that day. So I really do believe that people are doing the best they can with the circumstances and situation and the stories that they have. And if you are listening to this and you all of a sudden feel called out that crap, I am in a victim mindset, don't judge yourself for that because it's actually only gonna keep you there longer. Just recognize that, oh, I am and I don't know where to start. And when people message me that, I say, honestly, there are so many different podcasts, free resources, things you can listen to that you don't have to go out and like invest in an extremely expensive coaching program until you have an idea of what it is that you want to do. There's a lot of free resources that can help you with shifting those thoughts and mindsets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I love that you're bringing that up and the thought of, you know, if, if anyone listening is recognizing that, oh, maybe I have a little bit of work to do. Um, there is absolutely no shame. And I think the whole reason that you're here listening to this just means that you're already ready. And so you're already well on your way. And so I think it's like, you know, congratulations are in order instead of feeling like, oh my God, I have so much work to do. We all and, do just so you know, like everybody, oh yeah. we all do, right? <laughs> we, we never get there. We like, never get to the point. No. There's always more no. to do, right? This no. life is for like growth and expansion. And so we're, there's always something, something more. I, I, I like that we're on this topic and about um, everybody is doing the best that they can. And that would also mean when you receive criticism and judgment to share in your story, I think that ties in well, having that kind of holding that in mind. But how do you manage? Because sometimes I think that's a big fear too. People don't want to share their stories out of fear of, oh my gosh, I'm going to be judged. People are going to come back at me. And so Mm -hmm. how do you kind of overcome that and deal with some of the criticism and judgment with having your story out there in, in the public eye? 
Yeah, it's 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 messy. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it was, it's not a straightforward line. It's definitely that entrepreneurial line that goes circles and messy all over the place. It is, I think, one of the big, most powerful lessons I learned in where all of fear. I, I think fear of judgment is like one of our top fears that we have. To be honest, is like how are we gonna look and what will they say? And when somebody says that to me, I almost always ask them like, who is they? Who is they? Who who is this they person that you are afraid of? the stranger on the the internet who's never walked in your shoes or your mom or your dad, like, who is it? And so I think I just want to share a couple of quick things that I use that helped me to check it when I was at my lowest. Okay. I had to create almost these mantras and these ways of looking at it and valuing it. And the Brene Brown quote about, you know, are they in the arena with you? Like, do you take advice from people who are not in the arena? I go one step further because this helped me in a really difficult time is that the arena is pretty big, okay? We have pretty big arenas. So you can be sitting in the arena, but at the 500 seats, like spitting down your opinions at me. If you're not on the arena floor walking with me, alongside me, not interested in your advice, just not. And it's not, and the old me would be like fight to the death that to prove that I'm not interested. Now it's just like, I'm not interested. I didn't ask actually. And so that's the one thing is, is that if they're not walking alongside of me, not interested. Second, you start to recognize that people's words, what they say, what they think, it really comes from their lens and their perception of what is happening. And our, a lot of our stories scare people. People don't know what to say. So they say things out of their own fear, projection fear. So there was a point where, and it sounds like an awful story, but it was actually a blessing in disguise when one of my very closest friends came to right to our door and started yelling at me about not doing enough to fix the kids. And I remember sitting here going like, I just don't have the bandwidth for this right now. Like I don't have it. And I remember saying to her, I don't have, like, I actually don't have the bandwidth for this. You know that I'm doing everything that I can. And she started to cry. And I'm like, why are you crying? Like, what are you crying about? And she said, do you have no idea how hard it is to be your friend? And I just looked and I was like, well, I'm going to do you a favor and we can part ways. No hard feelings. I don't have it right now. My inner circle became like this invite only space that you almost had to qualify to be part of because I, my resources were so low. So I couldn't really have like a whole bunch of people in that space, taking, 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 because I was just trying to survive. And so that was a really big turning point for me where I just went, when I heard her criticisms, I went, wait, I've said all those things to myself, like all those things I've said to myself. And so that's why I, if you're listening in this and you're feeling like, but I, I'm afraid of what people are going to think or say about me. Is it really about what others are going to think or say, or are you actually your own biggest critic? Because we are all our own biggest critic. We judge ourselves more than anyone else. So I think that excuse is is not real. I think we're actually harder on ourselves than anyone else. And then I think we also, the next stage I want to say that is that we grow into the person. It takes us time to grow into the person to not take that on, right? To not take on that judgment um, and the fear of others. It takes time to grow into that. So give yourself some grace and compassion as you do that. Because I had to do that even with family. I had to cut ties with family for a, actually an extended period of time because our story was frustrating them and how they looked. And I was like, I don't have time for that. 
I'm like trying to survive. So if it didn't help me in my survival, no, no space, no space for it. So you have to get really clear in your boundaries, really clear on and understanding that you're probably your biggest critic. So you're judging yourself more than anyone else is. And give yourself some grace and compassion and know it takes time to work through and to get stronger, especially if you've been stuck in this victim mentality for so long. Everything that you just said, like all three of those points are so spot on and, and they're amazing. You know, the, the Brene Brown quote that you said is absolutely true. And I've been thinking about that a lot lately too. And then, you know, and I'm hearing a lot. So if, if you're an author Another author is not going to criticize your story and not going to judge you because they know how much work is involved in that and how vulnerable it is to put your story out there. If you're yes. a public speaker, another public speaker is not going to shame you and bring you down. And so you're really, who is on the stage there with you? I mean, I love that point that you brought up because everybody who's doing the same as you, who had the courage to step out and do something similar that you were doing would not criticize you. They would applaud you because they know how much work you put in. Uh, but you don't know that when you're sitting from the outside, right? It's almost mm -hmm. like that success image, you know, with the with the iceberg where like the, the okay. ice is on the tip of the sea and then the, the rest under it. Yeah, yeah, so good. Um, and then you were spot on when, when you're saying, you know, maybe, maybe it's something internal. And there's something that I had heard recently. And it's that, you know, whenever anybody is talking, they're almost just picking up what's a reality in their own life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, if we're listening to something, we're picking things up. Well, that's just a reflection of what's going on within us too. And so like that, that criticism and that judgment that we're feeling, um, it's almost just giving us an indication of like where we're at. And because otherwise I really believe that we wouldn't be triggered by the things that aren't, you know, a vibrational match within us. If we're not triggered, we'd hardly have an awareness of it. Like it would have no meaning to us, but it has a meaning because there's something active within us. You just nailed it. And that's the mirror, right? That mirror that yeah. you are like, the mirror is always there. We don't recognize it, but it's always there. And at the end of the day, I, I had to come to a space. Um, I, I just, I, I had to do so much work, but I had to come to a space of bless and release. Like I don't have time to be angry and resentful. Cause again, I'm still trying to survive. Like, this is my life. This is not, I can't, I can't, I could have walked away. I chose not to, um, but that was my life. And so I had to find a way to get stronger every single day. And so a blessing release. And it got to a point where, you know, I was starting to meet some people from sharing my story, like incredible people that are in my life today that I couldn't even imagine hadn't, like living without them. That every time I had a situation like that, it was like, okay, when one leaves, I can't wait to see who you're going to send my way universe. I can't wait to see the incredible people that I get to surround myself with. So don't, I don't walk in and I'm sure I'm not the only person who's ever experienced this, but when you're in that space and that person walks, don't let them take part of you with them. Like don't let them take part of you with them. Bless, release, let go because there's going to be someone else that's going to come in. That's going to like literally knock your socks off. That's the, that's really that piece of it. And when you do that, it becomes so empowering that, okay, I don't need to hold on to you know, I don't have to hold on to toxic people. I'm okay with two or three people in my life who are here to support me. And what the ironic thing that happens when you do that 
is you're now setting standards for yourself of what's okay, what you want to surround yourself with, like who gets access, who gets access to you. You get to decide that. And it's like, no, I don't deserve to be treated that way. Like I said, I had to like draw lines with family. I really did because our story was really hitting for them. And it was like, wait, if you're not willing to come and walk in my shoes and live my life, I'm not interested in your advice. No hard feelings. But when you can say that, you start to just create space and let people go. And it really, it really becomes an, a powerful thing to say. And the other piece, one thing I want to share with this is that like our story, how do I say this in a way? We did not look the part that you assume parents look like who were dealing with the story that we were dealing with. I'm going to say it that way, which meant it was all more, all the more reason that I had to come up and share and speak, because if we're ever going to break the mold of what we think people who are affected by, you know, domestic violence, um, substance abuse, um, oh, you name it, we have to start talking. And that's where it was like, I had to break the mold. And I know that when I started to do that deep down, our story scared the crap out of so many people. So what they were bringing out was just their fears of like, if it happened to them, then that could happen to any of us. And, and yes, it can. Yes, it can. So I think that's, you start to see their fear and their, their fear projecting back on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's all so powerful. And I'm wondering now if this would be good because we we spoke about a lot of stuff on how to really like preparing yourself to share that and what to do when you're when you are sharing that. But can can you you're a coach and so you help people kind of share their story and, and get that ready, you know, start owning their story so that they can kind of compile it in a way that they can make an impact with it. And so can you share some of the steps? that people could start applying to their life today to start owning their story, creating that and, and putting it out there to make the impact that they want to have. Absolutely. And I'm going to share openly, like some of the steps that I take people through so that like you can take this and, and try it in your own life. You can create like a little storyline and a storyline of your life. And when I want you to do is like our subconscious mind remembers everything we don't consciously remember, but our subconscious mind does. You could literally write out a storyline of as far back as you remember and start writing down the key things that you remember walking through. Like what, what were they? And, and immediately everybody goes to bad. I didn't say bad, good and bad, good and challenging all of the things that you've walked through. And as you start to do that, it's like, I remember this and I remember this and I remember this. And over time, as you start to look at this then you're going to see what are some of the like really powerful, good lessons that I've learned. And what are some of the challenging things that I walked through? The thing that hits almost ironically is the fact that you're going to start to see repeat themes. It's like, whoa, I've actually lived this same lesson. Like how many times have I done this now? And it's, and you'll see it. Don't judge yourself, but you will see it. And as you do that, you're going to start to come up with themes and things that it's like, you know what, I can teach on boundaries. I can teach on, you know, what lessons have I learned that I could openly share because I've walked through it. This is also tied to in this coaching space. I think it's really important that you teach on something that you have lived, not on what you heard about from somebody else. I think it's, I personally think that's how we get to authenticity is like you walked it, you lived it, you could guide. In fact, you're like perfectly designed to support that younger version of you. 
the one, the one that was looking for answers. So you start to do that and you can start to see these themes. And then from there, it's like, how, how could you start to share it in a way? How can you frame that story of there's three points who I was before what happened as a result? Now I do this. So who I was before, I was a mom who was dealing with teen substance abuse. Shame was completely driving every single aspect of my life to what happened. We hit that turning point where I, my life became completely isolated and my way wasn't working. And through that process, I started to learn how to own and share my story. And now as a result, this is what I do. So does that, so you can take it through, you can take every single scenario through those three points and start to see what can I do with this? And that doesn't mean that it's like, okay, well, how am I going to go out and start the business right away? It's, it might never be a business. It might be just something that you share and you do through podcasting to support others. But a getting to the root of that is really the way that you can start to unpack that story and put it together. And if you're like, okay, I still don't know where to start. The one question I always ask people is what is one thing you wish you could be more vulnerable with your audience about, but you're so afraid to do it. And almost always you can see a person go, oh, there was this experience that I had. And I don't know, like there's something there. So start to unpack that and you start to see how you would not be the person that you are today without walking through all of those steps And then you start to put it together to be able to speak. But if you're speaking or podcasting or writing, one quick tip I want to share is that it gets really easy because we're talking about vulnerable stories that we're sharing like our journey and what we've come through. And yes, that is part of it, but you always have to be able to flip it and think like, what's in it for them? What are they going to learn? How can I share it and teach it in a way that is going to make a difference for the listener, for the reader, for the you know person on the other end of that podcast? And that's the last part of the process that I would say, because I've helped people with writing their stories, speaking their stories. And it's, it's really hard when it's vulnerable because we're sharing a lot of ourselves, but there has to be something there for the listener to be able to connect with you. And when we're sharing that vulnerable piece, the last thing I want to say on this, it's not about the details of the story. It's the emotions. It's the, it's the lessons. It's the experiences. That is something I didn't see until afterwards is I thought I was only going to connect with parents who were dealing with teen substance abuse. And I couldn't have been more wrong. It's like, as humans, we connect by our stories. We connect by our experiences, our emotions, our challenges, our struggles, So learning how to share that allows the listener, the reader to see themselves in your shoes. And that's where those connections start to build. Amazing. These three steps that you just shared, it sounds like a very healing process too, Um, going through all of it. So yeah, just incredible. And And I love the last point where you're saying that, you know, it's about the listeners and I, I'm a very big advocate of like finding your why and that your why is something outside of yourself. And I don't know why, but it, it just seems that like, you know, we have a harder time keeping promises to ourselves or mm-hmm. doing, but when you put someone else there and say like, I'm going to do this for this person, or I want to help people who are struggling the way I was, because I wouldn't wish for anyone to go through what I did. When it's something outside of yourself, it's almost like an even greater motivator to show up and to share that. I love that you shared that. And honestly, that got me through some of my worst days. I I really did. Is like, if I could do something 
with the worst experience of my life that actually was putting good out into the world. It, I don't want to say it made it worth it because I would have given anything never to have walked through the stories that we did, but I had to in order to get to here. And so I think that's the, I remember multiple times going, if this can help someone else, this is going to help someone else. And now, even now I'll put up a post out or a, a podcast. And it's like, I know this will land with somebody today. I don't know who that person is. I might never meet them. I might never have a conversation, but it's meant for somebody. And so now intuitively, when I get those downloads, I'm like, Ooh, that's for somebody. I know that's for somebody and I'm going to share that. So I think it's really important. I actually think it's really important to start to make our journey about other people and how we can make a difference. Um, that it, again, it can help all of us through this whole process. Yeah, absolutely. And having faith that someone needs to hear that, you know, and because I feel like sometimes when you, when you create something and then you want to put it out there, then you can get that self-doubt comes back and you're like, oh, I'm not sure. But if you hold that faith that no, somebody needs to hear that. And I don't know who it is. You know, when you put things on the internet now, like that's just, oh my gosh, it could reach millions, you know, the billions and someone, your story is going to help someone today. And I think when you have that, then it's just like, doesn't matter the self-doubt that I'm feeling like I need to serve that one person and they need to to come across this today. I love that. And, and, it, and it might be today. It might be a year from now. It might be mm-hmm. three years from now. It's a, I just got a message last week of a parent who was really dealing with a story very similar to mine. He heard me on a podcast from three years ago. He listened to it. He reached out. He's from Israel, not even anywhere near where I am. And I went, you know what? That was another reminder. Our content lives on for a long, long time. And your message, when you continually repeat and stack that on, it, it'll certainly help people for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And that's the ripple effect, right? Like who knows yeah. how your podcast got all the way out there in Israel and who maybe referred it to who and how it got there, but it did. Yeah. And it's so magical. And he needed to hear that at that time. And you guys yes. needed to connect when you did. That's yes. beautiful. Can, can you share maybe some other wins that some of your clients have when they truly step out and start sharing their stories? Mm, yes, I can. I have had um, a number of clients clients publish their chapters, like in a collaborative book, I've led two different collaborative books. I have, um, written my own collaborative chapters. I have watched clients build coaching businesses. I have watched them, um, show up online in a very like empowered, grounded energy, even though their life is absolute chaos. Like I've watched them do it. They're not doing it out of a fake situation. They are like, they are shifting as a person. I've watched them, um, let go of those shame stories and like attract and connect with incredible people and new spouses and new people because they've, they've changed, right. They've changed at that level. And I actually, I mean, I love seeing people who it's like, you can see that brightness in them, but they're so afraid to let it be seen when all of a sudden they start to let it be seen. And now they're getting the messages in their DMs saying like, oh my God, you are helping me so much. And I'm like, it's, it is happening. Like save those, put them in a file so that when you doubt yourself, you can go back to those. And I still, I always attribute one of my favorite, favorite client win and story was, Um, I started my podcast in 2018, 2019, I started to notice these downloads that were happening in Africa. And I had a person reach out to me wanting to connect. She was in her young twenties at the time. She'd been listening to the podcast and sharing it with her friends. 
And she was a, her words, she was a survivor of human trafficking. She was not a victim. She's like, I'm not a victim. I survived. I'm the only one in my group that actually survived. And her story was so powerful. She had all these dreams of wanting to speak at the UN and what she wanted to do. And when we published our collaborative book called Own Your Choices in 2020, I reached out to her in 2019 and I was like, we would love, Thembaka, we would love to have your book in your story. In. And she's like, I don't have any money. There's no, I'm a student. And so I put it out. We did a GoFundMe. We got our chapter fully covered. She's published. We shipped a whole box of books off to Africa. She openly shared. She started a foundation to support victims of so survivors of trafficking. And I still, we still check in on each other on a regular basis. And I am like forever grateful that that story reached her and supported her. So the tagline I always use, honestly, is like someone somewhere is praying for the solutions you're holding on to. Like, I love you, but don't be selfish because they're not for you. Once you found your way through, they're actually not for you anymore. They're for you to pay it forward to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Wow. That's just incredible. What an incredible story. And I don't even know the full length of it, but I'm like, so touched that that is so powerful wow the fact that she's in the book she's on the cover her picture's there um it's it's such a profound story and i honestly like she will be part of the my gratitudes of legacy for a long time because it look at how far our stories can go like here's the other thing if i can tie it back one second um jessica mm -hmm. we are so worried about the people in our life and what they're thinking and saying about us right now that's blocking us from the people that we're actually meant to connect to. Like how in the world would I have ever connected to Thembeka in Africa if I had let everyone's opinions of me stop me from ever starting? Like it's blocking us. It's blocking us from the people that we are meant to help and from the people that actually are going to make an impact on us. Because let's just be real for a second. All those clients that I mentioned, they've had such a profound impact on me as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you were saying that, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think it um, stresses the importance of really defining who your audience is and who is it that you want to serve? Because most likely it's not your family. It's not the people in your immediate life. And so don't let their judgment stop you. Like you could just right. say, okay, that's fine. You're not my client. Like you're not my client. You're not the one that I'm looking for because yeah. Yeah, it's like doing them a disservice, doing your client a disservice when you kind of stay stuck where you are because of the criticism and doubts of the people around you when like, that's not who you want to reach anyways. No. And so if we stay focused on, you know, what the impact that we want to have in the lives of the people that, you know, we really want to touch. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And keep following that knowing, right. As you continue, fill the cup overflow, you keep doing the things, repeat, repeat, repeat. It'll start to make the difference. Like I, my solo book was released in 2017 and 2016. I was starting to feel like, okay, I've spoken on stages. I've done some podcasts. I'm feeling like, I think I'm supposed to write it like a solo book. And I was so excited and so proud. And I remember telling my family and they were like, that's a terrible idea. Like there was like, they, again, mirror reflection. It wasn't me. It was, and I was like, I actually think it's a good idea. I feel really good about it. And I feel, and that wasn't the case. That's not how others felt. And so again, in that moment, I often look back when I feel doubt today, I'm an evidence-based person. When I feel doubt today, I go back and think, how did 2016 me actually have the courage to write when no one thought it was a good idea? 
Like how, so Marcia, you can do it because you did it. You did it before. So, and this isn't even as big as that. So it's like, you know, we have to kind of look at those and recognize, but if you get those downloads, like those downloads are for you. Don't let the people in your life who are so afraid and that's their own issues. Don't let their fears stop you from moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's powerful. Follow that calling and that intuition. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This has been so great, Marsha. Thank you so much for everything that you shared. Um, beyond incredible. Do you want to share with everyone where they can find you if they want to get into your coaching program or maybe even read some of the books that you have? Mm, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation. And I, I, again, I love the title of your podcast because I think all of that work starts from within first and I, mm-hmm. I love it hands down. Um, you can find me. I've made it really easy. I have a very long last name. It's Van Weinsberg, but you can find me anywhere on social media. Um, Google starts to type Marsha Van W. Everything comes up. It's all tied to that. And that's my website. That's all of my social media. And um, currently right now we are opening up and starting our, um, I've created an NLP coaching certification program called Outspoken to help people to find their voice and speak. And so I'm doing that um, over the next few months. And that's going to become a staple part of what I do to help people to find their voice. And my podcast is called Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And that those are the words that literally saved my life years ago. We are into episode 550 and it's available on all platforms everywhere. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. All of the links are going to be in the show notes of this episode. So be sure to check it out. And thank you, Marsha, for your time today. Again, the conversation was so, so valuable. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This was such an insightful call with so many golden nuggets. I would love to hear your takeaways and any aha moments you may have had. Please leave a rating and review to let me know all about them. Here are today's self-empowerment takeaways. One, be the change you want to see. Change starts with you. And though it may not be easy, it takes a lot of courage to show up as you want when everything else in your life seems to be falling apart, but you can start by taking one courageous step at a time. Two, fill your cup to overflow. And whatever overflows into the saucer, give back to others. Make your self-care a priority. Three, life is a mirror. We're projecting our thoughts and feelings onto the world around us. The experiences we have are always indicating our internal state. This can be difficult to hear at times, but when we can begin to accept it, we can recognize that our experiences are giving us feedback and always telling us where we're at in terms of our inner state of being. Four, bless and release the past and the negative. It's okay to let things or people that are no longer serving you go. Bless them by taking the learning from them and then let them go so that you can move on. Five, share your story. Do the inner work so that you can overcome any feelings of shame and share your story in an impactful way while leaving everyone in integrity. What if your most difficult experience could be someone's legitimate survival guide? Before we end this episode, I want to remind you about my free guide I'm offering that shares five ways to cultivate self-awareness. I believe that all personal growth stems from self-awareness. It's the prerequisite for creating your most fulfilled life. 
Self-awareness is something I mention a lot on the podcast, and so I wanted to give you a couple simple ways to begin developing it. If you would like a free downloadable copy of my guide, follow the link in the show notes to access it. And you can find all other links mentioned today in the show notes too. Thank you for being here. I hope you got just as much value out of today's episode as I did. If you feel called, please share this episode with someone who you feel would benefit from the conversations we had. It's going to help us reach more people. And this is one way that we can all help empower each other from the inside out.